Welcome everyone, this is another episode of That Record Got Me High, I'm your host Rob Elba, it's great having you all here, it is a late night session tonight because I'm talking to someone uh, like three time zones away from me, so all the way uh, from Renton, Washington, Renton, right? Washington, Renton, Washington, yes. and we're talking- Just outside of Seattle. Yeah, we're talking Washington State, not Washington, D.C., Pacific Northwest, beautiful Pacific Northwest. Like, Welcome back to the show, returning guest, Eric Lorman. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me back. How's everything going? Yeah, everything's going good. good. Um, starting to get some colder weather. It's kind of ebb and flow here in, in Seattle. Yeah, everything's great. And uh, what you know, better to do on a Wednesday after or Wednesday evening than to uh, talk music? And to talk music, yep. And then I know uh, Eric. I actually met Eric the last time I was over in Seattle for work, and we ended up doing an episode together. We have a lot of mutual friends, so we became pals. And I know Eric is a big fan of music. You're just a big music fan now, but I got I got a question for you, specific question uh, involving the record and band that you chose. But uh, okay. we'll get into all that. But why don't you let everyone know what are we uh, what are we going to be talking about tonight? We're going to be talking about one of my favorite bands. Uh, <clears throat> I came in uh, a handful of years or so after they they, they kind of started out. Uh, band out of Kingston, Ontario, is the tragically hit. I was int- introduced to them in, in the mid 90s 95 96 by uh just a friend that i happened to meet by chance in south florida and uh he was down in uh in south florida visiting from toronto and uh like i gotta play this band we started talking music and right away a hip fan from canada is going to try to introduce you to the hip and uh he ended up playing me a clip of them they had just been on saturday night live and uh, Dan Aykroyd was the host. I saw that. I just, it's funny. I just watched that clip earlier today because I didn't, and I yeah. had no idea that they were on Sunday Night Live. Yeah, 1995, I believe, right? Yeah. And that was, I think that was Aykroyd had said, you know, one of the, re- you know, I get to pick the, the, the musical guest and it is going to be the Tragically Hip. That's one of his favorite bands. Yeah, because he's uh, Canadian. <laughs> yeah, he is. And, and you know, the Hip is not a, uh, a well-known act outside of, Canada. I mean, they no. toured the U.S., but kind of more the northern part of the U.S. They, they came to Seattle and each tour into kind of the northeast and, you know, maybe into Michigan, you know, Ohio. and But they, they didn't travel, you know, farther south than that that often. Yeah, but people have to understand, people who aren't from Canada have to understand they are huge in Canada. They were just a big huge. deal in Canada. They're like... <laughs> <laughs> totally a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw them the first time in 96 and I drove up to South Carolina and saw them in a bar not much bigger than where you and I met for Chile. Oh, really? Like, small little bar. Yeah. And then a week later, I went up to New York and visited a friend and they were playing in Irving Plaza. But on that same tour, they were doing arenas in, in Canada. First thing we climb the train and then and then we talk. Or set silently and listen to our thoughts with illusions of someday casting a golden light, no dress rehearsal. This is our life. So playing a small little local bar in South Carolina to arenas in Canada. So it was completely polar on the popularity of the band and they just never broke outside of, out of Canada. But they were big enough in Canada that on their final tour, their singer, Gord Downey, which I'm sure you had read, 
was uh, diagnosed with brain cancer in uh, 2015. And uh, they decided to go on a final run through Canada in the summer of 2016. And their final show was broadcast on the CBC. And is there, a, is there an American band that if they retired for whatever reasons, you would have a network that would right. preempt broadcasting and show it commercial free uh, and show a three hour concert. Yep. I just don't know of one. <laughs> no, and, no, uh, I know they're real. Well, all right. So you, you kind of answered my first question. Cause first I was going to ask you if you were a Canadian, cause I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> because how else but you said but you were introduced to them by someone from canada who was in south florida right. so that that makes sense because yeah just real quick i'd read between 1996 and uh they, they formed in 1984 but between 1996 and 2016 the tragically hip were the best-selling canadian band in canada they were they were it and they were in. They're very. I mean, all right. So I don't know. I don't think we even mentioned the album that we're talking about. But which tragically hip album are we doing? We are doing their third full length album, uh, fully completely. Yes, came out in 1992, and of course, once again, uh, I get a band brought to me, which I'd, I'd heard of them, but I I knew nothing about the tragically hip. I knew nothing about this album and it took me it's funny eric we, we were texting back and forth early in the week and i don't, I don't know you you made a comment like uh, sorry for making you listen did you think like i wouldn't like them for some reason i don't know i i was actually optimistic that there's aspects of this this the depth of of, of the i think the music has has depth that that you'd get it and i think some of their kind of punk rock sensibilities i think there's elements that just are rawness it's not punk but just there's rawness to some of their music that i find just has this live uh sound to it that uh yeah for sure i and, thought and would I, resonate with you and and actually listening to it and going through because yeah spoiler alert i did uh, i i was honest with eric i said you know at first i i wasn't really sure but then after a couple times through it just started getting under my skin and i realized oh my god this is a really great band and it's a great album all right, here's my take, my quick take. Uh, they're a less angry Canadian Midnight Oil. Yeah, that's my. I've never take. heard that before, but that's. I think that's. Uh, I think, as frontman, there's well, definitely a, a good comparison there as well. And well, I there think is for the frontman, and there's also uh, two guitar players that that really play yeah. off each other, and they're both integral they in the do. band. Yeah. So yeah, and and another band that I love, Midnight Oil, and very you know they're from obviously Australia, and they're very you know they sing about where they're from a lot and do that and that's what yeah. uh the tragically hip do they sing about a lot about Canada and this album especially yeah. i don't know if other albums are like that but this is a very canadian centric it album it is a very canadian record yeah absolutely <laughs> i think a lot of the imagery that that he paints and and uh <clears throat> the references he makes are definitely planted in canada for sure yeah and that's probably one of the reasons why it took me a little while to warm up them because there's just something i'm going to be totally brutally honest now and this may sound elitist this may sound you know petty and it is it's it's all of that and more but i just when i when i know a band's from canada i just think they sort of lose a little bit of rock and roll cachet with me for some reason it's not fair it's not it, it's not a fair reason but they just all of a sudden become a little less cool <laughs> and um, that's just you know that uh, that's a bias that is that is wrong but i fully uh, but i fully admit it but i think in a way there is something to that but um i don't know it, it is what it is you know there, yeah i mean I mean, I try to think of the uh, the Canadian bands that have resonated with me, and really, two are Rush, obviously being one of those, and Triumph being another, which are very polar of the tragically hit. She hugs the DJs, go. 
cool. Neither band considered cool at all anywhere. Maybe in Canada, maybe no, they are, but anywhere else. No, not really. I, I, I think you're right about that. Very popular, but not cool. Like yeah. not with the cool crowd. No, no. And even that that Rush documentary. I just funny. Just recently, I rewatched the the Rush documentary Beyond the Lighted Stage, which I think is a yeah. great documentary. I've seen it like three yeah, times already. I love it. And yeah, that's one of the main things in that is just showing how they talk about, don't they? (laughs) Yes, how they just were not, and they fully admit it. No women in the, no women at their shows. Yeah, yeah, they're a bunch of geeky guys reading books, yeah, geeking out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's interesting about both of those bands is that they, um, they both have praised the Tragically Hip. Getty Lee saying it's you know one of his favorite Canadian bands, and Rick Emmett fronting Triumph has said the same thing of of the hip and of and of gord downey on on gord's passing um rick emmett had written a really good tribute uh to uh to gord and i'll, I'll send it to you I, I won't go into the length of reading a few paragraphs of, of a tribute but uh oh, okay you know his uh just praising him as a person and his sincerity and yeah, and well, I think you get a lot of that in his music. Yeah, right? well, he's very yeah, and it's funny actually. Something I read, uh, which makes uh, which makes sense in hindsight, is that during the production of the album before this one, their second album, he had decided he announced that he would no longer sing lyrics written by other members of the band. He wanted, right. to, you know, which which is fine. That's fair. And and this is the album, the first one where it was just him writing the lyrics because he he wanted you know and that's 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 fine because you know sometimes being in a band the thing is bands as much as you want to say they're uh, democracies they usually can't be because it's, it's if the drummer thinks he's oh i got these great lyrics you don't automatically say oh, okay i guess we have to do the drummer's lyrics because he's in the band and do it no that's not how it works you know <laughs> right so uh it's true yeah yeah but and and he is a really just going through the lyrics and everything he's a really obviously a very deep thoughtful person very these uh the songs have like these layers to them and stuff just reading about him there was a lot to dig into as far as the songs which is great which is something i love like if you want to like you're reading your song and you're like gee i wonder what that's about you could find out with this because there are really big fans of this band that they have all these theories about what the songs are about and and who they're talking about and a lot of them are uh you know for real life things a lot of them have to do with canadian history and there's even uh hockey of course if anything with hockey uh, i mean with canada hockey has to come in somewhere and on this album right. it does too right it just has to <laughs> it does i know and it was one of the things of of choosing i mean their catalog gets me high i just i love this band so much and uh you know there's times when i listen to their music you you know you had the recent episode of songs that make you cry and, and i had said i'd bring that up on a future episode um and when they closed out their last show on that summer run. The last song before the, the encore was ahead by a century. And I can't watch him perform that without crying. Oh. I just, everybody <laughs> in the crowd is crying and he's crying. And I watched that show from a bar in Seattle. They, they, this, a bar there showed it on all the television, had a big screen in the corner. It was completely packed with hip fans. It was the best concert of, uh, that I've ever been to and I wasn't at the show. Oh, wow. It was just people singing and happy and literally the place was in tears at the end. I mean, it was just an emotional roller coaster of, of a night and I will remember that one forever. And, wow. and choosing this record, I thought, uh, man, I can't speak to this record and this band as a Canadian could. You know, but well, yeah, but but, but, I, but, but I love them just as much. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. It's actually it's kind of cool because there's no way if if that one friend hadn't have introduced them, you probably would have never known about them at all. Right? Missed them. I would have missed them. Completely. Yeah, of course, yeah, I would have missed them. <laughs> so I'm thankful for yeah. that because uh, and and I recently had a friend who I've talked about him enough over the years, and finally he's like uh, independent of saying that to me. He says I. I figure out who this fucking tragically hip band is. I'm going to start listening. And uh, <laughs> he uh, and he started digging in. And then sometime later, he's like, oh, I've been listening to the hip a little bit. I was like, good, good, good. And then this past year, he says, he showed me a Spotify list. And his most listened to band last year was the tragically hip. Ah, like, wow. <laughs> and he's a total metal fan. And, right. and for whatever reason, this band really resonated with him. And again, you know, had he not kind of been listening to me and my little nudges, 
you would have never found him either. So yeah, and I, I think, him? and I have a feeling that's going to happen with this episode right here because there's going to be people that yeah. listen to that still, you know, uh, people that aren't Canadian are just not gonna, right. And, uh, and yeah. that's another reason why I chose him because I, I, you know, if if somebody else can find the hip that it, it, it wouldn't have found him, I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, but like I said, it takes a little. Like for me, it it, it took me a little bit to get in at first. I really wasn't sure. Yeah. I said, ah, I don't know, because I don't know. The the thing is, sometimes you listen to a band at first, that, even uh, even when someone tells you to listen to them, and you're like, you think you kind of get it, and you think, ah. I get what this is, but it's not really my thing, but you don't really, but it, a lot of times you really don't get it and you really have to, yeah. you really have to spend time with it and listen to it. And especially like with me, a big part of it was just, uh, like I said, reading about them and reading other people's thoughts on the band and, and the songs and how much the songs mean to other people, especially Canadians, how yeah. much they mean to them. And that's like, really it's, 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 it's cool. It's kind of cool. And it's very, at the end of the day, they're just like a really good rock band that play. They're all great players and they're great music. But like you were saying before, there's something underneath it all. There's something behind yeah. it all. That's a very that seems very. I don't want to say earnest, but just very real, very raw, very real, and very. I think they're very sincere. I think they're. Yeah, just, yeah, that's it. That's it. It, it. Yeah, there's nothing pretentious about it. I think it's just right. And, right. and the album, in my opinion, the, the, the songs on this album, it's not like one is a continuation of the other. I think that there's a lot of variety on it. Oh, yeah. And I, and yeah, I felt sure. that even through a lot of the production that they change it up a little bit here and there where the vocals are set back in some songs and they come up forward in some songs and he's aggressive singing. It's like there's just a variety. Um, but as a band, I think that's it's a very personal band to people. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. For I sure. think it's it. There, it digs personal, personally. Right. I think to people, it's not just a, it's just like a band you've got on your shelf. I think if you're a fan, you're a fan. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Uh, yeah, that's that's something I learned, and it's great. And you, even a non-Canadian like yourself, got sucked in. Uh, so. Got sucked in. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's start listening to the record. The first song, "Courage," for you already. We got uh, it references Canadian author you McLennan. McLennan, yeah. Yeah, and particularly his uh, 1959 novel, uh, The Watch That Ends the Night. Let's listen to the opening track, Courage. Watch the band for a bunch of dancers Follow the unknown With something More familiar Quickly Something familiar So I guess the first obvious question is, have have you read that book, The Watch That Ends the... Uh, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Well, I should. Why would you? Because you're, you're not Canadian. Uh, but <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, apparently um, written by uh, this guy, you uh, McLennan, during a bout of depression following the death of his wife. Uh, and at, at one point in the story, the protagonist, George Stewart, explains uh, his failure to propose to the love of his life when he had the chance. No prospects, too much pride, the depression, but mostly not enough courage. So that's what this song is about. It's about, uh, you know, a courage. There's a line in there. It's really good courage. It couldn't come at, at a worse time. Right. 
so ultimately about living with the consequences of your decisions. You know, whether you decide, whether you decide to do the brave thing or not, you're going to live with those uh, consequences. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I had. I, I, I was kind of doing some research and, and I love hearing what other people think the songs mean. And I think that is pretty much how other people have, have seen it. And I, I grabbed one that somebody had said, courage couldn't come at a worse time, but also it didn't come when it was needed. Yes, it isn't about yes, living with the consequences right. exactly. of doing something terrible as much as about living with the consequences of the ordinary decisions we make yep. and equally regretting what we failed to do. Yeah. 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 So obviously he read this book and was, was moved by it and thought and, and, and wrote this song, which is, which is awesome. And yeah, like you said, people, uh, that's a great thing about music. It's just like great books or literature. It just gets, uh, under people's skin and it sort of helps them, you know, helps them sort of figure things out in their own lives. Right. That's, that's the whole idea. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's a lot of uh, this album because Canada is a is a big, huge place with, all, you know, and, and that's what I think this next one uh, looking for a place to happen. It's sort of like an inspirational song about explorers, maybe, but uh, but also maybe a little bit about colonialism in the early days of Canada. Maybe a little bit. Let's listen to a little of looking for a place to happen. songs just when uh i've got a job i explore i follow every little whiff and i want my life to smell like this to find a place in ancient race the kind that you'd like to gamble with where they'd stamp on burning bags of shit i mean a lot of these songs they're very uh, poetic and i and it just makes me more interested in what he's really singing about because obviously i think he's singing about something that that he understands and is very personal to him but he leaves it you know except for it's funny because there's some songs on here where it's very obvious i mean he lays out exactly what he's singing about but then there's ones like this where it's it's very open to however you want to interpret it. It is, I think, open to interpretation on this one. And I was trying to find people that would that spoke about it. I didn't really find a lot on what other people thought it meant. And it just seemed like it was, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of go in, in different ways of, of what I think it means. Um, I just like the the scenery that he paints. Yeah, yeah, um, and right. That, that opening two lines that you read is is what I had highlighted is, I've got a job I explore. I follow every little whiff and I want my life to smell like this. It just, there's just a way that he, he tells a story that uh, just pulls me in. And there's not a lot of storytellers um, that can paint a picture. Right. And I think he does a really good job of that, which is maybe why he wanted to sing his own lyric. (laughs) Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. No, I I could totally get that. And like I said, you know, you, you, you could write this great evocative lyrics. You don't have to do whatever the uh, a dumb drummer. And I don't know why I keep picking on drummers, but if the, <laughs> yeah. it's funnier, I think it sounds, or bass player. You could say maybe the bass player. Yes. Yeah. You hear the bass players. Um, yeah. And, and, and speaking of, 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 of a bass player, I wanted to mention that uh, one of the things I love about this band is their bass player, Gord Sinclair just lays down just a cool groove. Like he just kind of, anchors that that's each song together with oh, this, yeah. this groove that he's got in the background yeah well well, that's one thing i noticed going through the album uh listening to it a bunch at first uh, the guitar players uh paul uh, langlois, langlois. langlois yeah. and uh, bobby baker um 
great guitar players, so they obviously stand out first. But then I listen to the rhythm section, Johnny Faye and Gord Sinclair, and say, wow, yeah. they have a really good rhythm section. I mean, like yeah. you said, solid. They hold things down, but that's really important. Obviously, he's got a lot of feel to him too. It just yep. when he plays, and uh, and you sometimes it, it picks up, and you really get the intensity of it. And other times, he just kind of lays in the background. But uh, yep. like I said, that's where the mixes come in differently on on the album. Is it's not every song is mixed the same, right? All right, so this next one, At the 100th Meridian, maybe this is their third record already. So obviously, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like bands, especially uh, bands from other places, but especially Canada, they have this idea of America, you know, it's it's like this, it's probably like a love-hate relationship because there's a lot of things, obviously, maybe that they, you know, not necessarily look down upon, or maybe they do look down upon it, but it's also this something that you still still want, you know, if you're a band, that's what you, you know, you would still want to be a popular in America. I mean, that is kind of like the, uh, you know, something that you're striving for. And I think that's in here somewhere. Uh, let's listen to a little at the hundredth meridian. think i'm i'm probably on the right track i mean there's a little bit of both right he's kind of comparing in a way the great plains of the uh, like american midwest to their beloved you know canada obviously uh you know and sort of comparing that and maybe thinking maybe yeah they're they're striving in a way to become big in america but then realizing that that could also change them it, it could be that and, and i was reading another thing that was completely different than than that and and somebody had read wrote that uh, the song could also be a metaphor from passing from life to death. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, which I thought was really interesting. And, and it gets down to the, the verse a couple down from where we, where we pause, which is, if I die of vanity, promise me, promise me, they bury me someplace I don't want to be. You'll dig me up and transport me unceremoniously away from the swollen city breeze, garbage back trees, whispers of disease, and acts of enormity. And lower me slowly and sadly and properly get right hooter to sing my eulogy i just thought it was you know it's what that's one of my favorite verses that he's that he's written yeah just, it's very grabs um, me every time litter it's like very very smart and very well written it's almost like reading like a really great you know line from a you know novel or something yeah yeah it's yeah. very uh yeah he's very good at painting a picture and yeah that that's pretty good too i like that that's what that's that's what i said that's one of the things i really appreciate how this, a lot of the songs can be interpreted different ways, and, and it's great to, to read about people's you know ideas of what it could be about. Um, yeah. Especially yeah. now, and also for this next one, a Pigeon Camera, which is, uh, this is the first song that really, like you said before, that you think, you know, you listen to a couple songs, you think, okay, they're this type of band, but then they have a song like this, which is uh, a different, completely different sound. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty interesting uh, as far as the interpretations for this one. But let's listen to a little bit of a pigeon camera.
Pretty song, a really interesting arrangement because there's no real chorus to the song, but it's still really pretty. Now, the first question is: Do, do you know what a pigeon camera? Did you know? Did you look up what it is? I didn't. I've looked it up. Yeah, I didn't. Did not know what it. Yeah, I what didn't know was, either but, that a pigeon camera is yeah. literally a small camera attached to a pigeon, and they used right. they used it to take like real uh, aerial photographs during World War One. Right. Yeah, <laughs> which is really cool. A lot of th- a lot of the things that I read on this this song, um, and I I don't know if I would get that by reading the lyrics. And I think it's probably those hip fans that have been following the band and maybe hearing what he might have said about it was about sexual abuse. I know, and- yeah, and I, I didn't. I I saw that too, and I didn't. Yeah, just just reading the lyrics and listening to it, I wouldn't get that at all. But yeah, and then I saw someone else thought it was just about uh, Quebec, which I'm thinking, oh, of course, Canadians are going to think. <laughs> I didn't oh, get that either. About- <laughs> That's about Quebec. But um, I, I have to mention French Canadians. Oh, I know, I know. I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm gonna play a little underneath because at the end there's this really lyrical uh, guitar solo on the outro. Of oh, thank you. It's yes, beautiful. exactly. What I wrote down was was that solo to carry the song out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'll definitely play that underneath. But yeah, like I, like you were saying before, different. Uh, the songs definitely different, mixed differently, different sounds, and there's all these different moods to it. Oh, real quick, I want to ask you as well is. When I listen to it here, there's a there's almost like a, a feedback that I keep hearing as well, on this song in particular, but in the album where it's almost like they had feedback while they were recording and they just left it. Oh, it almost okay. gave like a a live like like a live approach to the to the to the music, you know. Um, like almost embracing the imperfections as they were recording. Yeah. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but right. Probably. Well, yeah, I probably, I think so. I think that, yeah, that, that kind of definitely adds to the vibe. Cause yeah, it's definitely not a, it's a very well put together album and, and everything's well played and, and it's well mixed, but yeah, I, you're, you're right. I agree with that. It is, there's an organic, uh, organic feel to a lot of it, which, uh, you're, you're probably right. There is probably, that in there which yeah that's the kind of band i could picture doing stuff like that yeah yeah so speaking of evocative and interesting lyrics this next one lionized definitely has that let's listen to a little bit of lionized Yeah, just the first uh, lines in there. Cold wind blowing over your private parts. Yeah, I know a lack uh, you've got, and it makes a strong case for art. The billboard breasts, they don't have a face. I know that fact you've got no girl could ever trace. So maybe I was thinking, do you think it's a little bit just about advertising and the vacuousness of of uh, of that and the presenters of these ads that people lionize maybe? It could be, yeah. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't able to grab anything that concrete. I've heard 
kind of some raunchy interpretations of what people think. Oh, right. Well, yeah, because there is some raunchy, uh, yeah, lines at the beginning. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe he was taking a little stab at that. I I think a lot of that. I think you're probably right on that. That that's that. I'm sure that's probably the angle he was taking. I'd be curious to know uh, uh, musically, um, and I've heard the song countless times. But as I was preparing to listen with you. I really heard a lot of the cults in the being of that song. Oh, okay. Musically. Well, yeah. Musically, I hear that now. When you're saying that, I definitely hear that. But I didn't get up to it. I'll play a little bit. In the bridge where he sings Tableau Vivant, Romana Clef, I get a definite Michael Stipe R.E.M. vibe. Yeah. I think think those that just get into them sometimes, I think, compare them a little bit to R.E.M. I in some of their stuff, I'll, I'll hear that comparison. Yeah, that, I think that your Midnight Oil your Midnight Oil comparison as a band overall, I think is is perfect. I never given that any thought, um, but I think I think you're right. And I, in this song in particular, it's like the cult. I hear that, but almost like there's a blend of kind of put it in a blender with Midnight Oil with right. the, the, the cult guitar, and and that's what I hear in this I song. I hear that. Yeah, no, I definitely hear that for sure. That, that's good. That's good. And now, uh, so uh, this is a this is a pretty dark, like menacing yeah. song. Which they they have that they have that where it's understated a lot, but it's there. Well, this I mean, just the title of it, "Locked in the Trunk of a Car," and it's about a real thing, also. But we'll talk about it. Let's listen to a little bit of "Locked in the Trunk of a Car." dug in a little and read what it's based on mm-hmm. right it, it, what i had read was it was him trying to get in the mind of a serial killer is what i had read oh okay but, but i there's, also had uh, read that, that there's there's some uh that is based on a true story as well yeah of course uh, quebec uh, yeah. plays in uh, play, has right. to get in there uh, the 1970 right. murder of uh quebec labor minister pierre Laporte by the FLQ, which apparently is the Front de Liberation du Quebec, which was a Marxist-Leninist guerrilla group founded in the early 1960s with the aim of establishing an independent and socialist Quebec through violent means. So they <laughs> they killed this uh, labor minister. Um, yeah, so I guess partially, but yeah, I, I think it's definitely not just about that because uh, yeah. there is, it, like I said, there's just dark imagery. And also I'm wondering if some of it could almost be like a metaphor for a relationship, like a dying relationship. Because he's talking yeah. about, however, every day I'm dumping the body. It'd be better for us if you don't understand. It'd be better for me if you don't understand. Let me out. Yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe a little bit dying related. Because some, face it, some relationships you could feel like you're locked in the trunk of a car. Yeah, and I, and I, it's interesting you call uh, the the let me out because it, it, when I looked at the lyrics, I didn't see that on there um, as far as written out. But I, he just he has this level tone throughout singing. You know, or, or kind of um, delivering the lyrics of the song, and then he, which he does in a lot of songs, and he kind of builds builds up the intensity, and at the end, he's just screaming, right? You know, let me out. Yep. Uh, at the end of it, which is just is cool, and and I, one of the things that they, they do in their songs is they kind of build up this intensity and then just drop it down. It, the song ends, right? There's, you know, um, right, which right. often happens, right? 
And there is, and also they're very, the guitar players are both really good at picking their moments because there's a really great yeah. fiery lead guitar uh, on the outro. But again, it's just something comes in quick and it's not overdone, but it's just, it's really good. Though. Yeah. All right. So we got another really cool song. We'll go to that also for me is kind of not easy to decipher, but uh, great lyrics nonetheless. Listen to a little bit of We'll Go To. on this one because i really like this song but i really have no idea what he's really singing about i'm thinking uh, about death or regret regret is, okay uh, i had that written down yeah. i did i should have said it yeah <laughs> regret so we're probably <laughs> you're saying that too yeah maybe that that's yeah. in there somewhere right yeah and you closed out there on the curtain climbs over me every morning i don't know why i'm so immunized against performing it's uh it's 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 a little it's not as uh it's deep in its lyrics, but it's not as wordy as some of the other tracks. Right. It's not. And, and also that he, he's good at that, too, because I love like the just the part where he goes, you cannot know. You cannot not know what you're what yeah. you're knowing. Uh, that That's great. I, I love that because it's simple, but it kind of gets it across. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think so. The title track fully completely, I think, more regrets. So maybe yeah. maybe that kind of hangs over the whole album in a way. Yeah, it's it, 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 kind of a breakup song. I think it's one of the best grooves on the song. I mean, this the grooves on this uh, on the song is just so cool. I love the intensity it builds uh, throughout. It's one of the their best live songs. Oh, I mean, when okay. they played this live, it was fantastic. It's funny. This song was when I finally I have it written down. When I finally decided, because you know I'm I'm digging into it and digging in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like I'm digging too deep, and I'm saying maybe it's better to just enjoy the music and and not <laughs> not, mm -hmm. and not digging. So that's what I ended up doing with this. Let's listen to it fully completely. his moment singing when he just sort of uh you know because a lot of uh, what he does is very understated but then he does pick his uh his moments where he'll just lash out right like when she's you know she said you're gonna miss me wait and you'll see fully and completely and yep. he just brings up the intensity of that because she's yelling right yeah yeah 
And then in the background, tailing off, it's those little subtleties. They subtly say fully and completely as he finishes saying it, but it's kind of going off in the distance. Right. Um, there's just, I, you know, I, I always wonder in a, when a band, when they're creating, who, who decides that? Is that by accident? Is that, is that something where they, we need something there and, and oh, right, right, right. let that tail off, you know? And, yeah. it, and, and it might not be picked up on a first listen because it's very quiet. Right. Right. Um, those little subtleties they do is, is, uh, it's, it, you might get it after it could be a, a dozen or more listens before you pick up on some of those things. I picked up on some of the things on the, in this week of listening to the record again than I had. Before. Oh, okay. Nice. And, uh, which I, I don't know. I love that about a record where you can, you know, can't continually pick up little, little nuances that you, that you missed in the past. Oh yeah. Now I, all right. So I was going to ask you when you were introduced to them, they had already had uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of records. Where did this record fall into when you were first uh, discovering them? Day for night was the first one that was introduced to me. And I had heard that. And then I went out to some local shop and picked up road apples and fully completely. And then I think, that friend then gave me day for night. So those are the three that I had to start. Okay. And then shortly after they came out, trouble in the hen house was the album that came out with the following year. And that's the tour that I saw them on in South Carolina. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. Well, that's great. That's great that you got to actually Mm -hmm. see them live. And uh, that's great. That's amazing that you went to a record store in South Florida and they actually had one of their albums. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> kind of shocking. Um, exactly. All right. all right. So this next one, 50 Mission Cap. Only a Canadian band would could write a song like this. I mean, you could say what it's about. It's about Billy uh, Perilco, a uh, hockey player whose final goal won the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Stanley Cup. And then uh, four months after that, uh, he scored the winning goal. He went on this uh, single engine plane with a friend of his. And disappeared, and no trace of him for eleven years. And then they, when they found him, was the year when the Maple Leafs won the cup again. And you don't, you don't even like. I didn't have to tell you this because you just listened to the song, and he tells you exactly the whole that whole story in the song. He does it in like <laughs> ten lines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I just love number one. I love how they're so how just Canadians just, they, they love, especially the Maple Leafs, you know, the Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And obviously this is, a, this is a story that, uh, that has deep, you know, deep in uh, Canadian folklore, hockey, uh, yeah. folklore. And, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of awesome. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of uh, 50 mission cap. light of any of this but the one thing i love is that he's singing this with as much emotion and passion as he sings anything on this entire album <laughs> <laughs> he does he's he does. feeling it <laughs> he is feeling it all right here's a question for you i have a i, I have yeah. a, a quick question for you are you a a hockey fan at all and did you become more of a hockey fan after you became a big uh, tragically hip fan i was a ho- hockey fan at the time of being introduced to them I used to work for um, Sports Channel, and I used to do all of the Panther games. Oh, so really? I was, 
yeah, run cable and set up audio oh, and okay. cameras nice, and nice. things like that. And and I was so I was kind of immersed in 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 Panthers hockey and was a total fan. And then I moved to Seattle, being a hockey team, and I kind of just drifted off and. I haven't followed <laughs> hockey in years. Well, to, to to be fair, a a hockey fan in South Florida has nothing to do with a, a, a Canadian as far as being in, into hockey. It's not it's not even the same. It's different. Huh? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's totally different. Fair weather. It's just some, something Well, I mean, it's just it's not in your in your blood like this like the way he's singing this song, you know. It's in his blood. Absolutely. It's, his blood. it's completely different. Yeah. And it's interesting. The, uh, the 50 mission cap. Oh yeah. Good. Um, I'm glad. Good. Uh, because I'm glad you, is, you brought that up. Yeah. It says, uh, you know, the course references the iconic 50 mission cap, a style of cap that was commonly worn by airmen during world war II, which Barilko was said to have adopted as a symbol of his mission to win the cup for his team. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, he talks about him and then he says, I stole it from a hockey card, but I kept the tucked under, my 50 mission cap. I mean, it's, uh, I just, that's also, it's, it's simple, but it, um, that's also one of my favorite lyrics, um, that he's written. Cause it's just a, a simple story that he's just told. You're like, Oh, I got that. Right. I totally right. understand what you're telling me there. <laughs> exactly. You're exactly. not leaving anything for interpretation. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Which is nice, which is uh, refreshing. Um, all yeah. right. So we got more uh, Canadian history on this next one. Uh, we could discuss it. Yeah. Let's just do a little of wheat Kings. Sundown in the Paris of the prairie Wheat kings of all treasures buried All you hear are the rusty breezes Pushing around the weather vane, Jesus. Zippolider, he sees the killer's face. Maybe it's someone standing in a killer's place. Twenty years for nothing, well, that's nothing. No one's interested in something you didn't do. Yeah, just a really nice evocative song. Even if you didn't know what it was about, because it's kind of about something specific, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's dark in subject matter, and yet it's like the most beautiful song on the record. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really pretty, and I guess so David Milgard, who was from Saskatchewan uh, and was wrongly yeah. convicted of murder when he was like a teenager and served over 20 years in prison before being released. But And of course, did you see there's also a hockey connection, too, to the Wheat Kings? Um, I didn't, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, because the... Uh, Brandon uh, Wheat Kings were a Western Hockey League team in uh, Brandon, uh, Manitoba. So. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Of course, we had to get a little hockey in there, but yeah, just a really, a really pretty uh, song. And also, did you catch at all, or did you read? I mean, it's not something you catch, but he says yeah. when he says Wheat Kings and uh, pretty things. Mm-hmm. Did you did you see anything about that? Uh, that there's a connection. I didn't. All right, the, the uh-huh. band, the uh, Pretty Things. Apparently, well, you know, there's a band, uh, the Pretty Things, but apparently, the Tragically Hip were big bands of the band, and they covered uh, a, a lot of Pretty Things songs when they in their sets when they first started out. So a lot of people think that's a little homage they did. Uh, Wheat Kings and Pretty Things is a little homage to the Pretty Things. And if you listen, I'll play a little bit. If you listen to some Pretty Things, you could you could see why these guys in uh, Tragically Hip would love that band. I will, look, I will listen to them. I will listen to your clip that you're going to play. I know I'll listen to them. I'm going to put that on my <laughs> yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of cool. But I love, yeah, that's what, you know, He's uh, they're kind of a band that does that, that puts in these little easter eggs for things you know that obviously that's it when you grow up uh somewhere and and you you know i mean these guys were obviously 
very proud of where they were from, and they were a Canadian band, you know? And that, it's like you yeah. said, when they were on Saturday Night Live, like Dan Aykroyd made sure he was going to have his favorite band be on the show, you know? Right, because they're not going to get the exposure. And he's no. like, no, I'm going to get some exposure. I'm going to use my, my clout to uh, to get them exposure. Right. exposure and, right, and it's funny. Watching that, it was great. I mean, they're great. You can find it on YouTube. They have both, uh, yeah. they're both and they're, they're great. But also, I yeah. could see there's no way these guys would have made it in America, could become popular in America. There's just no way. There's no. Just, right? You you could just see it. There's just there, there's something that's not that Americans are not going to get. <laughs> no, because it's uh, it, it's too hard to digest for an American. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. How, I don't think they just couldn't uh, get it. I mean, I don't know. I I, I, I just don't. That, I think it starts when I when I opened up with that not cool enough. Thing, the Canadian not cool enough. Thing. It? it could yeah. just be that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the wherewithal. Wherewithal yeah. is the uh, is the money or or other means needed for a particular purpose. So, and I and I guess that's kind of like where he's going with this. Let's listen to a little bit of the wherewithal. <laughs> this song it's, it's it, this is a heavy probably the heaviest song on the album it when it starts out it's almost like a killing joke it could be like a killing joke song or something but there's still there they don't they still have control you know when they're playing a song like this yeah. and there's still some attention there and it's not all just blasted out which is cool i love the intensity yeah. of, of this track and and i and i especially loved it coming out of weak kings because it's like like they didn't want the listen, listener to lull into complacency. They right. just like pulled them right back in. Right. Like, you know, the the most mellow song, beautiful song, Wheat Kings, and then they just gets get back at it, you know? Yep. Now, right. Now, here's the the million-dollar question. Uh, Richard talks too slow. He'd get interrupted long before. I always love that guy, and he's not on TV anymore. Who is he talking about? The, I, I read it was a, it was somebody who was on television, Canadian television. I think it's another Canadian reference. Okay, so as, a, a as it should Richard. be, <laughs> right, right, yeah. Well, because <laughs> I've seen people spec speculate uh, that it could be Richard Nixon or Richard uh, Dawson. I saw also. Richard Dawson. That's the person that put them on. Right, Richard, uh, but they're not. Neither of them are Canadian, so no, right, you're, you're exactly. probably right. It's probably some obscure that everyone everyone in Canada probably knows who he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're keeping it a secret. All right, so we get the final track, El Dorado. Uh, El Dorado is the lost city of gold. It's like an imaginary place of great wealth and opportunity. So maybe uh, they're, um, you know, it's a metaphor in a way for their beloved Canada, and not for nothing. But there is an El Dorado in Ontario, so. <laughs> That. Which is where they're from, right? Ontario. There so there you go. go. So there you go. This is Eldorado. He's a man-sized Eldorado. Who to do? Who could blame him? Who could blame him? Where we're going? What's the ticket? Just the mention of burden makes me sexy. Me sexy and tired thinking about drinking go thinking out drinking while thinking about drinking and thinking about drinking it's man-sized inside 
working here It's all hardwood What's that smell? Smells like coffee Smells like coffee If you regret it Please say something I've got no genius for evil That makes me common Makes me common And tired of loving recovering Loving recovering Loving recovering Loving recovering It's man-sized inside Another really cool song, really great, uh, great ender to the album. And again, you get that rhythm section. You got the drummer and the bass player just holding it all down. It's really good. They do, and it's it's a song that uh, I just want to flip the record over again and and yeah, <laughs> and put courage back on. Yeah, no, um, no, I same it, thing. Yeah, same with me. Strong, and I just like it, I, I like I want to hear the, that again, and that's what. It, when I heard their albums, it's like I, I know I missed something, or I it's I want to find something else in the record, and I want to play it again. And that song ends, and I want to just spin it around again. Yeah, and 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 that's really what happened to me in uh, listening to this uh, album this week. Like I said, it took a couple of spins around till I got there, but I did, and I hope people give it a chance because it is something that really. Uh, it, it definitely gets under your skin if you give it a chance. And I wish I had more time to dig into, I, I will eventually dig into more of their stuff. You know, it's hard. I already got to think, work on my next, uh, next album for next week. So it's hard. And they have a lot of stuff out there. There is a lot out there, but, um, there's 13 records. Yeah. yeah 13 but... full length records. They've got a, a deep catalog and they'd still be recording if, if Gord hadn't left us. So, right. Right. Um, and, uh, and they're all solid. They're all just solid records. Um, yeah, you, and you can't go wrong with any of them. I had a feel. Yeah, I, I would figure that. Yeah, that's what uh, th- that's what it seemed like. And uh, yeah, just really great, uh, great album and great, great band to bring, Eric. I'm really glad you uh, brought. I love. You know, I've been having a good run of people bringing me stuff that I've never heard of and that a lot of other people haven't either. And it's just really, it, it's, it's it's good stuff. You know, it's always good stuff. I'm uh, I'm waiting for someone to just bring me something that I'm just going to say, oh man, I don't, I don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's going to happen Have you had eventually. that yet? No, I honestly, honestly, I, I haven't had anything. And, and especially sometimes I'll have a preconceived because it'll be something that I think I sort of know a little bit of and think I don't like. But then when I dig it into it more, I like it. But usually if it's something I've never heard of, everyone has a really good run. And, uh, and it's I end up really outstanding. It. That's what's really great about the show. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, uh, what's great about this show, that's a great segue. Don't forget, everyone, uh, if you want to become a patron of the show and support me in my endeavors so I could keep doing this every week, you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRJMH. Become a patron of the show. I'd appreciate it. Also on uh, Instagram and Facebook, you can follow me at, at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high. At Twitter, it's at TRJMH podcast. And you can email me at TRJMH33 at gmail.com. It's all part of the synergy. It's all synergy, right, Eric? They, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> you have to be a patron. You just do. There's, it's fun, and all the extra episodes are fun. It's a good community. and It is. It's a really yeah, good community. I'm, I'm glad I found you. Oh, good. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you found the show, and we found you, and this was a great uh, album. I, I, I had a feeling it would be. I was, I was a little, I, like I said, I was confused. Like, is he Canadian? I didn't know, but, you know, now you explained it, so it all makes perfect sense. But uh, it's great. Um, yeah, hope uh, keep uh, stay warm up there and the uh, whatever's going on up there. It's been all right now. I know you guys have some crazy weather for a while. Um, yeah, not too bad. Let's calm down. We'll look, this, we'll look, we'll look for you back up here again sometime. They don't do. They, they don't do Seattle. They do. They don't do good with snow though. Like snow just like sort of shuts no. the city down. <laughs> done yeah. yeah quarter inch we're done you need to get new yorkers you need to get some some new yorkers there to show them how to deal with it you know because exactly it's the hills it's, it's the hills you can't drive on the hills when it gets icy and all snowy yeah right. so, not good it's not a good look right. well eric as usual this was great thanks again for being on the show thanks again everyone for listening i'm rob elba I'll see you all next week
Thank you. You're wonderful. Thank you for that.